I'm going to get into the Word of God today. I wonder if you could just grab your Bibles. We're going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And I truly feel a word that God laid on my heart for this time that we are in, this present day, this present age that we are living in right now. And in particular, this church. I know that there are those that are here today that this word is specifically for you that God could stir something up in your spirit and in your heart. I was talking to our volunteer team before service, just sharing a little bit about what I felt for this service and afterwards had an individual that came up and just confirming the word of God. Amen. Through, um, amen, just a word of God that they had. It was a few months ago that I was I was shoveling the snow off of the sidewalk in my house, and I'm glad. Uh, I wouldn't mind just a little, a little bit of uh, chilliness after this past week being out. The past couple of weeks, I don't want to, I don't want any snow. I see some people, but as I was doing this, I was listening to an audio book that was called Endurance. It was a story of this English explorer. Ernest Shackleton, who had set out with his motley crew to become the first individuals to cross the span of Antarctica on foot. It's a very captivating story of this survival of this crew, camaraderie that they built. But it was this ship that was named Endurance, upon which they would travel across the Atlantic Ocean down to Antarctica, across what is known as some of the most treacherous waters on planet earth as you would begin to approach Antarctica and and the waves just crashing onto the boat and you start to get close and you have the ice shelf that begins to make its way there and and this boat had to be built and according to specific uh, parameters or specific uh, ways so that they could make their way even just to get to Antarctica. And I will, I'm not going to uh, go into the details of all the book and the journeys uh, of this crew, but uh, I, I was stricken just by the number of builders and the skill of the builders who were building this vessel. They had to build this vessel, this endurance, in order to withstand these harsh conditions. There were thousands of hours that were invested into the boat building efforts. The end result was a masterpiece that would be set, be able to go onto the seas and make its way to Antarctica. This boat that would be called Endurance. And you'll have to read the book yourself to find out whether or not they made it. But the book did bring to mind for me another boat builder that we come across in Scripture. Perhaps not as skilled as the boat builders who built the endurance, but he was a boat builder indeed. And we read about him in Genesis chapter 6. I'm just going to read this passage beginning in verse number 6. It says that it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. 
both the man and the beast and the creeping thing, all the fowls of the air, for repents, repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. That Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generations. And Noah, he walked with God. And he begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And, and the earth, it was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. And God, he looked upon the earth and it was corrupt. And all the flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I'm going to destroy them with the earth. And look at verse 14. God gives Noah these instructions. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and you shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now I just feel this drawing in my spirit today to call all boat builders to their workstations here today. Feel like putting a full page ad in the newspaper, doing whatever I can to get the attention of somebody who would build a boat. If I could be like Martin Luther when he nailed his 95 theses to the door of that church house. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my own paper of protest up there, but I would put up a calling to say, would you come and build the boat? Would you respond to the call to build a place of refuge, a place of safety? Today, I'm calling all boat builders. You see, for Noah, he received a call from God. He was a just man. God saw him in the way that he lived. It said that he was perfect in all of his generations. This was this man that God, uh, that he had a heart after God. And God saw him and he responded. He knew that there was, if there was anybody on the earth that would build a boat, if there was anybody who would respond to the call of God, that it was this man, Noah. And so God came to him, and Noah, he received this call from God. He was, he was there out doing his work in the field one day, and all of a sudden, he heard out of heaven call out his name, Noah. He looks around. He's talking to me. Noah. God begins to speak to Noah and to tell him how grieved his spirit is at the condition of mankind. I believe that today, it is as scripture said, that as it, were, as it was in the days of Noah, and as, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Lord. That today we are living in the days that are much like the days of Noah. We're living in the days that are much like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. That today when we look around you'll see things that will grieve the Spirit of God. You see things that they grieve my heart. They make me wonder how is it that my children are going to make it through this life untouched and unfazed. How, how are we going to Get people out of this world and into a place of refuge. But I believe that God has called some boat builders today. And that they've assembled in this place. 
And then there's somebody that would say right here that I am going to pick up a hammer and I'm going to pick up some wood and I'm going to do all that I can to find a place of refuge. I'm going to do all that I can to get my myself and my family to heaven because I know that if there is one thing that I am to do, it is to stand upon the word of God and to say that I don't care what others may say or what others may think, but I know that there is one God who came and he gave himself for me and he gave me an opportunity for eternal life. And for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so here today, New Life Apostolic Church, I just want to ask of you, I want to plead with you to build the boat. If you're the only one in your household, build the boat. If you're a teenager who's here today and your parents are not faithful to the house of the Lord, build the boat. If you're at a stage in life where it's just you and your wife at home, all of your kids have moved out of the house, build a boat for you and your wife. If you're the parent of young children today, build a boat. If it's just you in the house, build the boat. Specifically, I do want to address our fathers today. We need some men of God who will stand up as leaders of their home, spiritual leaders of their home, and be boat builders who will pick up the mantle and say, as for me and my house, I'm going to stand for truth and I'm going to stand for righteousness. So we have to understand that when God came looking for a boat builder in that day, he didn't call Mrs. Noah. He called Mr. Noah to build the boat. And God's looking for some men today who will rise up and become spiritual leaders in their home. He's looking for some men who will take it upon themselves to make sure that their family sees salvation. So build that boat. Build the boat. Your, your kid's future depends on you building the boat. I don't care if no one else is building it. Build the boat. Because the flood is coming. Build the boat. The rapture is coming. No one else is going to do it for you. Build the boat. The responsibility is yours. The responsibility is yours and yours alone. And now now I'm talking to our fathers. I'm talking to our single mothers, our single men, our single women, our young, our old. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're the head of your household, you must get to the business of building the boat, the place of refuge. Because there's going to come a day when you will answer for the boat that you build for you and for your family. I'm going to answer for the boat that I build. I'm going to answer for the things that I do to build a place of refuge. So there's a few things, a few things here today that I just want to tell you about that have to do with boat building. I'm going to talk about these things for just a little while. and I have a couple of points. And point number one is this, that there are some aspects of the boats that are definitely prescribed. See, God recognized that Noah did not have any experience in boat building. Noah had never done this before. And so God gave him some instructions. He didn't say to Noah, hey Noah, I want you to build a boat and just 
Go build it however you want. See, it wasn't everyone's boat is as good as the next person's boat. It wasn't just look at that boat over there and just build it just like theirs. If we could put it today, it's not grace is just going to let you build it however you want to. God's mercy is going to let you just do it however you want to. Let's just be a good person. No, God has some prescribed ways to get to the place of refuge. For them, if a cubit was 18 inches, we don't know exactly the the length of a cubit. Let's say, though, it was 18 inches. Then if that was the case, then the ark was exactly 450 feet long. It was 75 feet wide. It was 45 feet tall. He told him exactly the dimensions of the boat. He told him exactly how many floors he was supposed to have in the, in the boat. Three floors. He explained, there's only one door that's going to be in this boat. Put it on the side of the boat. I don't want you to have it on the end of the boat. I don't want you to have it on the back of the boat. I want you to have the boat or have the, the door on the side of the boat. There's one window. I don't want you to have windows all throughout this thing. I want you to have one window, and that one window is going to going to be one cubit from the top of the boat. God told him, I want you to make this go this boat, goat boat out of gopher wood. I want you to make this out of gopher wood. If you if you want to know why Noah's family survived the boat, survived the flood. The reason that he survived the flood is because he didn't just build this however he wanted to build it. He didn't come up with his own way of building a boat. If you want to know why the human race exists today, if you want to know why it was that Noah's family made it to see the rainbow at the end of the flood, if you want to know the reason of that, it's because of what it says in Genesis 6.22. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. He didn't just do this however he wanted. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him to do. He didn't say, Pastor, I don't think it matters if the door is on the side of the boat. Pastor, I don't think it matters if the boy, if the door is on the end of the boat. He didn't say, Pastor, I think maple wood's a whole lot better than gopher wood. He didn't say, I think six floors would be better than three floors. No. If he would have done it his own way, I believe that boat, it would have capsized, it would have tipped over, the whole family would have drowned. We wouldn't have any of them left. So when you're building a boat, To get your family out of this place. Here's what we have to say. God tell me what to do. And that's good enough for me. God I need your word to instruct me on the path of righteousness. God I need your word to lead me and guide me. God I don't want to do this according to what feels good. God I don't want to do this according to what my neighbor told me or what my parent told me. God I want to do this according to the word of God. God I want to do this according to what you would tell me. Lord when I get into a place of prayer Lord lead me and guide me. Lord help me with my family to lead them to a place of safety. See I'm not here to ask a majority poll 
of how are we going to do this thing. I'm not even going to ask my family, what's your opinion on how to get to heaven? Because their opinion doesn't matter. I don't care what I feel about how to get to heaven. God, what did you tell me? God, what did you tell me? And the word of God says a whole lot about how to build the boat. And the word of God says a whole lot about how to get to heaven. See, here's what I'm saying. That God has some absolutes that cannot be tampered with. And here's what we need. We need some heads of households that will stand up and have some steel backbones because they're not chasing after whatever sounds good or whatever fits into their agenda. But they are going to listen to the voice of God and they are going to obey the voice of God. They're not just chasing after every wind. They're not just chasing after every person who is flapping their mouth. They want to say, God, what does your word say? God, what does your word say? See, I know that a lot of the religious world today says that there are a lot of different methods for building a boat. And they'll say that the methods that are prescribed are outdated. But Noah heard from God and he decided I'm not going to gamble myself and my family on what I think or what somebody else thinks. But I'm just going to listen to what God said and I'm going to do that. I think that's a pretty good plan. If you want to get to a place of refuge, let's do what the word of God would say to us. See, no one needed God's voice to tell him how to build the boat. He had never done it before. As for me, I've never taken my family to heaven before. I've never stepped foot in heaven yet. And so I'm not the one that ought to be Going off of my feelings, the only thing that I have to lead me and guide me is the word of God. The scripture says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. I don't have the luxury of voicing my opinion. I don't get to debate with scripture. (laughs) He just laid things out for me. He didn't ask for my opinion. God didn't ask Noah, how do you think is the right way to build a boat? How do you want to live life? He just said, this is the way to build it. Build it this way. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. God has this little identity crisis where he thinks he's God. And he thinks that he gets to say how to do things. And that's how they ought to be done. And he's right. He is God. He's the one who created heavens and the earth. He's the one who just spoke and it all came into existence. He's the one who came down and robed himself in flesh and gave himself for us. He paid the price. He did it. He is God. And I, I am the servant of my God. God, whatever you say, God, whatever you say, I'll do it. God, whatever you say, here's, here's the thing. I, I understand uh, that, that there are some things, that there are some, some things that God would ask that maybe they don't always make sense. But I, I really, for myself, I don't understand the pushback against rules and laws and statutes. Because if you believe what it says in, in the book of Psalm, chapter 19, here's what it has to say about the laws of God. 
and the statutes of God and God, God doing things or asking us or telling us to do things in a certain way. It says that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, that the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, that the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, that the commandment of the Lord, it is pure enlightening the eyes that the fear of the lord it's clean and is enduring forever the judgments of the lord are true and righteous altogether more to be desired are they than gold yea than much fine gold they're sweeter than the honey from off that honeycomb moreover by them is thy moreover by them is thy servant warned and in keeping of them there is great reward See, Noah didn't mind a few guidelines because he needed to know how to build that boat. And I don't want to come across angry today. I just want to come across passionate about saying that God, he has a way for us to get to heaven. And I don't want to just do this in my own way. I want to do this God's way. There are prescribed methods. There are prescribed things and absolutes on what we need to do to get to heaven. But point number two is this, that there are also aspects of this boat that are not prescribed. There are some things that God left up to Noah. He never told Noah that you need to put the food on this particular floor. He never told Noah, you need to build this number of cages he never told him you need to have this many rooms or this many chambers. He never, none of that, we, at least we, none of this is recorded in scripture. Somebody, I heard somebody say that some of the greatest advice or at least the greatest uh, thought that Noah had was make sure that the woodpecker's above the water line. See, God, he didn't tell him where his family should sleep. He didn't tell him that you need to go and and, and make sure that, that you have the, the giraffes separated from the lions. He didn't tell him that you need to make sure you have this and that. No, he, he left some decisions up to Noah on how to build the boat. So you have to listen that there are some absolutes. But there are also some things that you, as the head of your household, are going to have to make a call on whether or not you do this to keep your family saved. There's some things that you're going to have to make some calls on. Not because it's, it's what your pastor says, but because you have spent some time in prayer. And you've heard the voice of God tell you, you need to stay away from this particular temptation because it is too great for you to even go there. You need to keep your kids Away from this activity because their soul is dependent upon it. You need to, you need to steer clear from that movie over there because, because that's going to lead you down a path that you not, ought not go down. 
You need, to, you need to stick away from these friends right here who are drawing you away from church and away from God. And you need to, you need to steer clear. Go on, there's times, there's times for, for us that, that maybe your salvation depends on you putting your phone down and looking into the Word of God. And it's not because the pastor said to do it, but it's because your spirit's in tune with God and He's saying, there are some things that are up to you to get your family to heaven. There's some things that you and you alone are responsible for. And it's not because of some rules and regulations that are listed in scripture or that the pastor would tell us. But it's because I'm in prayer and I'm in the word of God and I'm saying, God, I've got the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost. I need it to lead me to let my to let me and my family be on the boat bound for glory. This is not to say that we just do what's right in our own eyes. Because that's a recipe for destruction. That's a recipe for disaster. When we just do what's right in our own eyes. We saw Israel, Scripture said that they were doing whatever they wanted to do at certain points in their history. And it was a disaster. But when you listen to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost ought to, it ought to be pricking your heart in some areas. It ought to be leading you to some consecration in some areas. Leading you to letting go of some things. It's not because somebody else told you to, but it's because the Holy Ghost led you down that way. And as you do that, this is building the boat. You're picking up a hammer and you're saying, all right, God, I'll do it. God, this is how I'm going to build the boat. God, this is how we're going to survive. This is how we're going to make it through the storm. You see, I see the next thing got to tell you is that the boat that survives it may not be the best looking boat i'm not here to compare my boat to the next person's boat this isn't a competition of of how my boat looks compared to your boat just think about how that ark looked we see these like beautiful pictures of some boat I, i don't i don't think that it looked like our Modern day masterpieces of a boat. If you pulled up a nice big yacht next to Noah's boat, there would be absolutely no comparison of which one you would want to get on today. If you were just going for a stroll, which one do you want to get on? You want to get on the nice yacht where you can just relax in the air conditioning, or do you want to get in that big manure file, manure filled barge? <laughs> I'd rather relax in the yacht. Until the storm comes. And then when the storm comes, I need to make sure that I'm in the thing that's going to withstand all the waves. Get me in that big boxy rectangle that's filled with pitch. It doesn't look good, but it's going to keep me safe in the middle of the trials. It's going to keep me safe in the middle of all these things. When everybody else is mocking my decisions, I can stand firm and know that it may not look pretty, but I know that this is how God has told me to do it. And so I'm going to stay in the boat that God told me to build. Listen, here's what I'm talking about. I'm not here to compete with the mega church down the road, the mega church that we watch on our computer screen. I'm not trying to have the best lights. We're not trying to have the, 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 the best or the biggest campus or the, the best programs. I, I believe in a church that's, uh, that's, that's reaching in the, into the 
community. I believe in a church that is doing all these things that's, you know, with excellence. But I'm, I'm not here for the, for the being, for the entertainment. I'm not searching for a church where, where they can just preach whatever they want or just believe, easy believism and just believe whatever you want. I, I'm not searching for the church where it just feels good to be there. They don't baptize in Jesus name. If they don't preach about the necessity of the Holy Ghost, then they don't preach about holiness. Then you had better get your family inside of a boat that is going to be ready when the trumpet sounds. Let's stop being enamored just by the pretty boat. Man, I'll come to a close here quickly. And I gotta, I gotta say this. We could have our musicians come. The boat that survives, the boat that survives is going to be the one that's been pitched inside and out. God told Noah, there's going to be constant pressures from this world that are going to try to force themselves in. And I hope that you would just listen up here tonight or here today. There's waterproofing measures that God, he, he asked Noah, he said, he said, when you put that pitch on that boat, I want you to lather it on thick on the outside, but also lather it on thick on the inside. It's never going to be enough. To trust your family's security on either one without the other. Seal up the leaks that are public. The outside of the things that other people see. The way that you conduct yourself. The way that you live your life. The public areas of your life. Seal them up. Let your life be a testimony to God. But there are some private areas of your life that you better make sure that they have the pitch. Better make sure that the inside areas, the things that nobody's going to see, that you have those areas waterproofed as well. Let's be the same on Monday at work as you are on Sunday morning at church. Let's be the same. Let's be the same where you, where you work out as you are on, on Sunday when you're worshiping God. It's the same pitch on the inside and on the outside. If, if we could just stand all over this place, I'm coming to a close. See, here's what I know. It, it takes more work to cover the inside than it does the outside. It's not hard to look holy on Sunday. It's not hard to lift up your hands open your mouth and to sing a song it's not hard to look the part on Sunday and I believe it's sincere it's, it's not play acting but it's not, it's not hard when you're in, a, in an atmosphere where, where you feel the presence of God and he's, he's, he's here and it's, it's, it's overwhelming here I am God God I give my life to you I surrender myself to you What about when you get home? What about when that temptation is there? What about when you're at work? And there's things going on and, and it's not quite as easy to just lift up your hands just to pray about a situation or to be holy in your motives and your attitudes. Those things, that takes, that takes some effort on your part to seal the inside. See, I'm not so sure that during all of those years of construction 
And for Noah, I don't know that he ever really grasped, comprehended the value of what he was building. There had to have been all kinds of cutting and pounding and shaping and assembling and blisters and splinters and bruises, sore muscles, all this that he's putting into building this boat. Takes work. Building a boat takes work. All the stings of the mockery. All those people around him who who are just making fun of his commitment to God. And one day, a raindrop fell from the sky. That one raindrop changed everything. All of a sudden, all of that sacrifice, it didn't seem so great. Suddenly, the guidelines didn't seem so extreme. Suddenly, the public opinion didn't matter so much. Suddenly, even that nasty old ugly pitch that looks so bad from the outside, and you're saying, why do I have to do this? You understood. This is going to save my family. And I know that today... Sometimes it's hard work to get yourself to the house of God. And it's hard work to make sure that I am doing all that I can to make it to heaven. And all that I can to get my family to heaven. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I'm going to do everything that I can to put the blood and sweat and tears in everything. It doesn't matter if my trust is broken and my heart is broken and I'm hurt. It doesn't matter how many people make fun of me. It doesn't matter what people say. They may call me crazy, but I'm going to stand upon the Word of God and I'm going to stand for truth and I'm going to do whatever I can to get my family into heaven. Because there's coming a day, there's coming a day where the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout in the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ, they're going to rise. And all of a sudden on that day, holiness isn't going to feel like a burden. And all of a sudden on that day, all of the critics, aren't, they aren't going to matter anymore. All of a sudden, on on that day, all of those meals that you fasted, you're not going to say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. All of a sudden, on that day, all the money that you gave to missions to support the gospel being spread around the world, you're not going to miss any of that. All of a sudden, on that day, the enemy of your soul, he's going to be silent. All of a sudden, on that day, your family will be saved and you will spend eternity in heaven around this place if you could just lift up a hand oh would you just call out to him right now would you just call on the name of the Lord right now my God my God Lord would you help us today Lord I need some boat builders right now if you want to make your way to an altar we need some boat builders We need some boat builders who will call out to God. We need some boat builders who will say, I'm not going to get discouraged. 
I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm not going to be caught up by the lure of this world. Well, I'm just going to live by the Word of God. I want my family to be saved. I want to build a place of refuge. We need some boat builders right now who will be responsive to God. I need some boat builders who are going to be led by the Spirit. And say, it's not because somebody asked me to do this or even because I read it in Scripture. But I know that this is an area of struggle. I know that my kids, well, they need to be pulled out of this activity in order to, to be to be focused more on God. I know that for me, that we need to do some things for the safety, for the security of my family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.